Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Pitchwork Podcast. I am so excited to be here with one of my old friends, Gracia Lopez. Hey, Gracia. Hey, Jordan. Thank you so much for inviting me. Of course. I'm so happy to have you. Guys, Gracie and I go way back. We both interned together at E! News. She was the first person that I met at E! She introduced me to everyone on the team. She, You kind of like... um like taught me everything about the internship. Like you were like the intern that like taught the other interns what to do. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Now that I'm like, I'm like laughing thinking about it now. Cause I was like, yes, let me catch up with Jordan. But just thinking about like, we used to, remember we used to deliver the mail to everybody. (laughs) Yes. And we used to like print out the scripts for the Facebook live show. And like you had to print out the scripts in like a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy to think that that show doesn't even exist anymore. Like we were, low, I know. we were low key a part of history being interns and being in that realm. Now that like you know. life from E and E News is no more, it's kind of crazy and it's awesome to be like, yo, I was a part of that production team back when the show was on air. I know it is crazy, and also it's just it to me. It's so weird that E News is canceled because it's like such an iconic and like staple part of entertainment media. It was like the 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 big machine, the the first one. Definitely, I mean, it's like students who go to college for broadcast journalism and want to go into entertainment. It's like their goal is E News and. It's pretty great right. that you and, you and I were able to co-intern there and see what it really was behind the scenes of how it was to put on that powerful, iconic show. That sadly is no more, but you know what? It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. And I'm sure we'll talk more about the internship going in because to me, that was one of like, the highlights of my internship career. I had the best time interning at E. So I would definitely love to talk more about that with you. But let's get in to like, what you're doing now. What's up with Gracia? What's, what's going on in 2020 and 2021? Guys, Gracia still works in entertainment production. She's a digital entertainment producer. So Gracia, if you could just give us like the rundown of what that means and what your most current position was. Definitely. Okay. So I, as Jordan just said, I'm a digital entertainment news producer. Basically my world revolves around entertainment, specifically with the Latinx entertainment. So when you hear the word Latinx, yes, it's uh, Jay Bobbin, Bad Bunny, Carol G, Becky G, Mike Towers, so on and so forth. That is basically where, what my, um, what I'm honing in on. Cause you know, uh, when people go into journalism and broadcasting and and they produce everybody finds like their niche and so back actually funny story back when I was an intern for e-news I got really close to one of their producers one of their digital producers her name is Diana Marti who quickly became a mentor and this was back in like 2017 when it was just an idea for e-news and Telemundo which are both under the NBC umbrella to launch a bilingual Latinx entertainment show Fast forward four years later, that show is now on a new season. And I had I actually got a chance to like grow in my career and actually co-host that show, which is called Latinx Now. So it's just crazy because you never know where life and your career is gonna take you. And so I I am bilingual. I speak uh, Spanish, fluent, Latina, Mexicana. And I found that there was, there was just like a calling. There was a target audience for people who wanted to absorb entertainment, but entertainment in a bilingual Spanglish way. Um, because of course, like the last three years, you know, Latin music just like 
blew up. You know, everyone's collabing with Bad Bunny. Everybody wants a piece of Rosalia and everyone else. So it was just like, I was like, wow, okay. I said, all right, I'm going to make this my niche. And lo and behold, I've been producing digital entertainment content for NBC and Telemundo. And it's been great. I mean, not going to lie. It's been a hustle. You know, producing a show takes a lot of energy out of you. But, you know, as cliche as they say that if you do what you love every day, it won't feel like work. That is the truth. But of course, you know, you still get burnt out. But that's basically it, you know. And we are in the digital era of everything and everyone at home and the pandemic. It's like it's so easy to access the celebrities in a way that we weren't able to do so 20 years ago you know now with social media now with social media and everything you know like when you and I were interns at e-news Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat weren't that big of a thing yet so you remember we would still have to look go on like certain websites to look at photos to see who was where but it's like now celebrities just give us the tea of where they're at because they're posting on their Instagram story like oh I'm at catch or oh I'm in bait right right they give us they give us the content yeah they give us the content so then we just kind of like you know replay that little 30 second video like 20 times to see who we see in the back or who are they having dinner with or are they holding hands with anyone so it's it's a lot of fun it's kind of like low-key detective work you have to be like a low-key stalker but like it's it's fun work it's fun work right so in terms of producing a digital entertainment news show what 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 does that entail like what did you have to do what were your day-to-day responsibilities to get the show on the air to get everything running smoothly what was a day-to-day life when we were you know really on set and working in real life as opposed to COVID times? Great question. Actually, the show that I, so I relocated from Los Angeles to Miami to launch a Latinx entertainment show for Telemundo and Quibi. That was, yeah, that was actually Telemundo's first English-based show, like entire entirely in English because Telemundo is a Spanish language network. But again, they see they're, you know, what I love about NBC is that they're so, they're already looking for the, at the future and see like what what's their target audience you know five years from now and it's like all right Telemundo it's like the the network where like my grandma and my mom and my tias tune in to get the news but just how they're growing older so are we and it's like we don't really you know Latinos in the U.S. sure we consume news in Spanish but we prefer English in a way you know I'm not speaking for everybody speaking for myself and for for some of my close friends. So the cool thing was that Telemundo understood this. And there's people on the team that were like, we have to create a show that targets those Latinx millennials that yes, they're bilingual, but they prefer to consume their news in English. So, which was, which is groundbreaking. It was, it was honestly an amazing, amazing experience. Sadly with the pandemic and Quibi, it fell through. You know, I'm sure if you guys are interested to know more about why Quibi fell through, there's articles, there's variety stuff with more information. But lo and behold, our show was on air for about six and a half months. And then due to COVID and budgeting, you know, they had to cancel our show, which was very upsetting because we worked so hard to get that show up on the air. And it was great. And if you're interested, you can Google Telemundo for the Cultura and you can see me, you can see Crystal Vega, Freddie giving you the tea. Um, but so for that show, I was the lead content digital producer. And then I would, I was also able to work on my hosting and interview people, which is great. 
Um, so my day to day would be, I would lead an editorial meeting. So for those of you who aren't familiar with the, um, entertainment jargon or words, an editorial meeting is what every news team has in the morning, whether you're an entertainment show or a hard news show, your editorial meeting in the morning is where the team comes together and starts pitching the stories that they see trending. And then as a team, um, with your executive producer and supervising producer, you guys kind of choose what stories you guys want to add into the show. And you kind of just like build the show together. And then after that, you know, I would, so I was leading those meetings alongside with the supervising producer, choosing the content that we want in our show or like, who are we going to interview? Like, okay, Becky G can, can be over zoom right now, or Becky G can zoom in tomorrow or so-and-so can, can uh, do a zoom interview. So in a way, COVID let us have so much content with a list, with a list Latinx celebrities that we probably wouldn't have been able to interview because, you know, they're, everybody's schedules are always crazy. They're always traveling, but because of COVID and everybody was at home, you know, the celebrities were like, they wanted to connect with their fans and they wanted to, you know, speak their mind and, you know, speak, some, speak some hope. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So so in a way, like, yeah, it sucked because, you know, when you're in production and you're in a news team, you vibe off of in-person meetings, you know, it's like, it's a big creative space, right? So it sucked because I feel like COVID took that away from us, especially being a brand new show. We were never able to be together as a team, like ever, like never our two hosts, myself, the rest of the production team, our executive producer, supervising producer, our editors, like we were never in the same room. And that sucked so bad because it's like we put on this great show, but we've never even met in person. Like it was just like, right. it's crazy. It's crazy. So there was like, you know, many pros, but many cons for 2020. And then, yes. And then once the show um, was canceled because of COVID, I mean, it hit everybody hard and not going to lie. I shed so many tears because I had worked so hard Mm -hmm. to get that show up. But the good thing is that, you know, once you start building your resume and you start with your connections and thankfully still under the NBC universal umbrella, which has so much opportunity, um, you know, I'm just ready for whatever comes next, but it was, a, it was great. I mean, 2020, you yeah. know, 2020. I know it's crazy, but I, I do think that even in my job and I know a lot of other people who work in production, it was really eye opening to start producing content in COVID just to say like, okay, it is possible to do these things without us working 12 hour days on set or having these super long prep days and things like that. Like it's possible to create this content in ways we didn't even imagine before, Mm -hmm. which I think was a really cool lesson to learn. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I want to say that I am, I have no doubt in my mind that you are going to move on to do some amazing more shows and create some amazing content because I know you're so incredibly passionate about everything that you do. And you put like 125% in, even as an intern, like printing scripts and delivering mail to the E! News staff, you were giving like 150%. So I just want to tell you that I have no doubt that you are going to create some amazing stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm not too worried. You know, I feel like... Um, like, again, thankfully, I'm under the NBC umbrella and, you know, 
And this is something that I tell everybody, you know, students always reach out, like, how do I do? Like, well, how do you get to point A to point B? And it's like, look, first, first and foremost, never compare your journey to someone else's journey. That is the worst thing you can do. Second of all, once you land somewhere, network, you know, like don't. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't understand. It's like, like you and I, you know, we were both co-interns and it's like, there are situations where you see your co-intern as competition, but it's like, no, like you should see them as a colleague, as a friendship, as a, you know, just someone that you can count on and talk to, you know, years from now and see where their journey is, you know, just how you and I are now catching up now. It's like, you know, once you get there, don't see the person who sits at the desk next to you as competition, you know, build those relationships and build a genuine relationship. Don't, don't be phony. Cause I know a lot of people just want to talk to so-and-so because they can help you get to wherever you want to get to. But it's like, I, I am a firm believer that people who are genuine and, you know, are just want to be with people who, who kind of connect in that level, you know, like you'll, you'll get your, you'll get your shot, just be genuine and network as much as you can, which is how I got to Miami. If it wasn't for me, you know, taking the time to get to know this digital producer a few years, like five years ago, however long it was at E! News, who would have known, who would have thought I probably would have come to Miami. It's like, it's all about networking and keeping those relationships. And let's say you move from company to company. Cause I did live, I did leave NBC for a bit to go to CBS. I still kept my relationships and my connections with people, with people of, you know, higher power at NBC. Yeah. I think that's something that I always remember about you is you were always so nice to everyone. I felt like you knew everyone, everyone who was like full time at E, like they knew who Gracia was. They knew that she did good work. And it's because you did form genuine connections with everyone, which is so important. And I tell the girls who listen to this podcast all the time that forming genuine network connections is much more valuable than, you know, saying to someone, um, oh, like, this is fine too, but saying to someone, oh, like, I would love to, like, pick your brain about your job, that can only get you so far, whereas if you go up to someone and actually, like, become their friend, that is where you'll, like, find the keys and you'll have, like, an amazing group of people to, like, actually rely on for everything that you need in the future. Yeah, exactly. That's how it is. And like something that I would also tell people, um, like when I was training you and I was training another intern before I left E, I was like, the producers, like, you know, they've been in our shoes when they were interns, you know, many moons ago. So just ask like, hey, can I shadow you for a day? Or can I watch you for like two hours? Or can I just like, you know, basically be your shadow and see like how you do your day-to-day job? Because yeah sure it's like across the board like you work at the food network and i'm like oh you produce content but it's like it can mean completely something different whether you're at the food network at e-news at telemundo it's like sure the title is the same but it can be completely different like for example um after my internship at e-news ended i then got hired as a production assistant and a production assistant at E! News, um, we would get assigned to a producer. We would help them pull B-roll and Snapchats and photos of like, you know, so-and-so, um, you know, basically help them produce their show. But I had, and then I made, I became friends with somebody who was a production assistant, same title for, and they were, they, they, as a production assistant, they never touched the show. They were more of like coffee, food, drive this, take this to this set. You know, it's like, 
it's completely different. That's what I also tell people too. It's like, don't, don't feel bad if you land an entry level production assistant job, because that's where you kind of learn the most, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think that any, I, I also say this all the time is that depending on the company, depending on where you work, depending on if it's digital media, if you're on actual TV, whatever you're working on, all the all the titles change. So it is really important to kind of get an idea of what you're going into. And before you even accept a role, like make sure that it's something that you really want and think that it's going to be able to propel your career forward. But I will say that no matter where you start, like just getting a foot in the door is always a great place to begin. Definitely. Yeah. Wherever you can get your foot in the door, make the best of it. You know, just try and go in, have a good day, network, meet people and just have a good attitude because an attitude goes a good attitude goes a long, long way. Yeah. Okay. So going off on that and talking about responsibilities, um, you said that you would run your editorial meeting and obviously you had your hand in your show. So what went into like choosing the topics to discuss with your producers and pick what actually went on air? And then what else did you do in order to get the show ready to go? Yeah. So the good thing about, um, the cool thing I should say about our show was that it was a daily show. It was a daily five minute show. Ooh. So there could be like, it was like the quickest cause well, Quibi stood for quick bites. So their idea was like, you know, the quickest show new new show to get it for like instant gratification. I mean, again, we're in the digital era nobody is like, Oh, it's six o'clock. Let me go watch the news. Everyone's like at the palm of their hand. So, um, people would just, you know, tune in. So for example, let's say, um, it's a five, it was like a five to six minute show, even though there was like 10 really good stories, it's like, okay, well, which ones will give us more clicks, you know, which ones are more click worthy or which one, which celebrity, which our target audience, like which one do they cater more towards? Right. And so that's how we would kind of choose like, um, what story went in. And then also no matter what, we always try to have a new interview on the show. So that already ate, that would eat up a, like a minute and a half of our five minute show. So while it, while it not speaking about it, while it seems like it was like, wow, a five minute show, it probably didn't take a long time. No, it took a long time from choosing the stories, from choosing the stories to grabbing the B-roll, to getting the photos, to getting clearance and making sure we won't get sued to the writing, um, to the graphics, you know, like it's, it's a lot of work. And I, I'm still so proud of everybody that I worked with on that team because we worked from day to night and it was just, it's an incredible, incredible experience. And so aside from, you know, then assigning the associate producers and the writers what to produce during the day, then I would be on the phone with publicists, um, making sure that I can book, yeah, making sure that I can book them to interview them via Zoom, whether it was like Louise Fonsi, Daddy Yankee, um, Again, Becky G, CNCO, like Akon was on our show at one point because Akon, um, Akon had released a single with Pitbull. And so the publicist was like, hey, I would love Akon to be on your show. You know, it's English based. You know, he fits the he fits the the target audience because he's about to launch a Latin song. So that was another cool part about my position. And I feel like anybody in the entertainment realm in general, you know, you you start building relationships with 
uh, publicists and, you know, then your, your network grows. So it's like, okay, yeah. Like, oh yeah, I know the publicist for Guayna or I know the publicist for Jay Bobby. And though, yeah, let me, let me shoot him a text. Let me see if he's available for an interview. So it's like, that's one thing that I really, that I love about my job and what I do is that I'm able to build these genuine relationships with people that, that trust me, you know, because there are, there are outlets who just want the tea and, um, what I, what I try to do is like, I try to ask for an interview, but also making sure that whatever they're promoting gets covered before I, you know, before we ask like, you know, the tea ish questions, you know, we want to make sure that we still, we still respect their craft. Right. Definitely. I think that's a really important and like, um, maybe even a fine line of like what, what's cool, what's not cool. And I think that is why like, you're so professional and great at your job is because you obviously understand that line. For anyone who is out there who's working in entertainment news or wants to work in entertainment news, like what would you say to them when it comes to interviewing? Yeah, that's actually it's yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's definitely a blurry line sometimes because it's like you can have your EP, your executive producer in your ear, like you need to ask them about the ring or like you we need to get a bite about mm. the engagement, you know? So it's like you have to like just warm, warm them up and like, Hey, how are you? You look great. You have a new single in the album. I got your outfit. Oh my God. Look at these nails. So speaking of these nails, look at this rock on your <laughs> finger. When it, you know, it's like, you have to like think, think, Oh, this is one thing too, that I advise that I give people. It's like, when you're going to interview someone, do your research, go on their Instagram, go on their Twitter, you know, read a little bit about like, their their own personal struggle getting to where there is and I feel like that's where I love to connect with celebrities one-on-one where it's like because obviously everyone's like talking to them because they're like the it thing right now but when I bring up something that they worked on like many moons ago they kind of look at you like oh she understands that I used to just yeah, like she, she understood that before I'm selling out Madison Square Garden, I used to just perform at random pep rallies, you know, it's like they, I, and that's something that I, that I do personally, because I'm like, I want them to understand that I am rooting for them. Not, not just because I want an Instagram photo or an Instagram video, you know? Yeah, that's so important. That's great. So obviously yeah. you, you did interview these celebrities on camera and you, hosted the show. So what would, what advice would you give to someone who does want to be on camera, um, in entertainment news, whether it be on any network, what would you say to them? Cause I know that that's like so many people's dream. They go to college, they go to their first internship and they're like, I want to be Juliana Rancic. So what would you say to someone who, who wants that and has that dream? Yeah. I mean, listen, there's no right way to do it. Um, and I feel like with everything changing, it's just, you just have to follow your own heart and create your own path. Um, if you start doing interviews, then great. Make sure you keep a clip, make sure you keep your website updated. If you have a website, make sure you are um, posting the work that you do. So when you are applying or when you are auditioning, you know, they have a link that shows that you've done the work. Um, how it is that you get those, how it is that you get those auditions. That's something that, you know, I feel like people are still kind of like, there's no right or wrong answer. It's either, you know, someone at so-and-so network level that, you know, that they're looking to fill a host position for X, Y show. It's a hustle. And that's why I always bring it back to networking and building those relationships because 
let's say, you know, for example, you know, I, I'm looking for my next, my next gig and I want to stay in Miami because I love Miami and I feel it in my heart and my, and my intuition that I'm going to continue in Miami. However, um, one of my old intern bosses is now the one of like the head people for NBCLX, which is NBCLX is a new news show that is targeting the Latinx and Gen Z millennials. So you guys can go to at, at literally NBCLX and um, they're looking for a bilingual host who speaks Spanish, who understands, you know, the, the targeted millennial G, Gen Z audience. So and they gave me a call and I'm calling them this morning and we're, you know, chit-chatting to see like if anything can come about. And again, I wouldn't have been able to get this call if I didn't build a relationship with my former um, boss when I was an intern in Los Angeles. It's like, this is why I always say like network and keep those relationships. Totally. And, and in a more like um, technical sense, what advice would you give to someone to like fine tune their on camera craft, you know, practicing what, what exercises can they do? How can they kind of hone in and perfect being on camera? Because I think a lot of people want to do it, but they don't realize what it takes to actually do it well, or what kind of skills you need in order to be a successful on-camera host? I would say you can honestly just work on your own craft at home. Look in the mirror, practice your presentation, practice how you're going to look into the camera, you know, and also how you're going to enunciate because as when you're reading the teleprompter, you know, it, you just, it's like, you literally have to focus on what, you know, what words are coming up and then also be, you know, try and not stumble. But one thing that I also do is when I try and read books as much as I can. And when I read, I read out loud, mm, if that makes sense. Yeah. That's so interesting. Like I don't, and I feel like reading a book out loud, it kind of sticks in my head more of like what I'm actually reading versus like reading it really quickly in my head. So that's one thing that I do also do, which actually when I moved to Miami, I speak Spanish, I'm bilingual, hablo español, pero my Spanish isn't like the best. Like I know I can get better. And how, how have I been improving my own Spanish is I bought a book in Spanish and I've been trying my best to read at least a few pages a day. And I know it sounds crazy, like, wow, a few pages a day, but it's like, Reading in Spanish is not easy. <laughs> so that's how I've been able to, you know, kind of, you know, challenge myself and continue working on my own craft. And that's one thing. So it's like, you're never going to perfect your craft because you, you are all, you're ever evolving. Our lives are always evolving. There's always room for growth. There's always room for change. So I feel like that's one thing that people don't really realize until they get older that it's like you will never get to where you want to get because you may get there but you're already thinking about like your next right. move does that yeah. make sense yeah Definitely. Okay. So there's so many aspects of your job. You're on camera, you're talking to publicists, you're coming up with stories. What is your favorite part? What part is like the make or break for you? What part are you just feeling like so fulfilled by and that you just can't wait to do every day? My best, my favorite part is the end product, because as much as I love the pre-production of calling publicists, booking people, finding the story angle, then doing the interview, which I absolutely love to interview people, then writing the story and putting the segment together and getting the graphics, seeing the end product is the most fulfilling thing. You're like, wow, 
this is why I spent 20 minutes transcribing a five minute interview, you know? (laughs) So it's like seeing the end product is like the best thing, but also it's like you get to wake up and you never know what your day's going to, you never know where the day's going to take you, you know, which can be like a good thing and a bad thing. Again, going back to 2020, we thought we're going to launch a new show. We're going to be on set, you know, NBC and Telemundo are building this awesome set. It looks great. And we were, and I got to see the set like twice. Oh my and God. Then, and then boom, COVID hit. Ugh. And I, and I never stepped foot back onto the set because it was like only like the essential, essential crew, which was our camera operator, our EP, our supervisor, and the two main hosts, which were Crystal Vega and Alfredo Lomoli, which are the best at what they do. And so then the non-essentials, which was myself, the lead content producer and the rest of the production team, we began working from home. And, you know, all of 2020, of course, we were like, we're going to go back. We're going to go back. Obviously, everyone was like, oh, it'll be a few weeks. Yeah, it'll be a few weeks. It'll be a few months. Okay, maybe in September. Okay, maybe in the winter. Okay, you know what? Indefinitely, remotely. 2024. (laughs) Yeah, literally. So, so yeah, and like that was it. I mean, I'm excited for whatever is next. Again, I'm really, really. I want to stay with Telemundo, and I, I'm, you know, I'm still talking to people, and I really want to stay in Miami because I absolutely love Miami. <laughs> like, I, I, I look out at my balcony, and I'm like, I see palm trees, and I see the, oh, you know, the, the buildings, and and the weather's always great. So, I, I really, really hope that my next production. Whatever it is I do, that it's it's here in Miami. Yeah. All right. Last question for you. Out of everyone you've interviewed, every celebrity experience you've had, what has been your most memorable and most favorite? Oof. Okay. Most memorable will probably be... Actually, this is how crazy the universe is. About two years ago when I was working for CBS they sent me to Miami for my first time to cover an award show. Mm. And when I landed, I was like, wow, I can see myself living here. So from experiences, like, I feel like that was like a moment where I was like, wow, Miami. And then, then I moved here a year later. I was like, wow, this is crazy how yeah. the universe works. Yeah. But my favorite interview ever will, would have to be Jay Balvin. Like it's, <laughs> it's Jay Balvin, you know? Yeah. That'd be like my favorite one. But other than that, I mean, it's just, it's been great. You know, it's also, it's also rewarding to take a look back at everything that you've been able to accomplish because I feel like, you know, society is so pressured as to like what's next and what they're doing next that they, a lot of people don't really take a step back and take a breather to see everything that they've accomplished, you know? True. And I struggle with that. I think that's really hard to, um, instead of, thinking about your future, thinking about kind of where you are in the present and what you've done to get where you are instead of just thinking about, oh, what's my next thing? What I have to do more. I have to accomplish more. And I think that COVID actually really helped a lot of people, including myself, with with taking that time and living in the present and just feeling happy with what we've already accomplished in our careers or in our relationships or just in life in general. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And honestly, that's where I'm at right now with my transitional period. Um, because when COVID was happening, our show was up and running. We were busy producing the show 15 hours a day. So it's like, 
I knew that the world was on fire outside of my apartment. I just didn't really right. feel it because I was because I was so busy and so consumed with the new show that though I knew it was happening, I didn't really feel the effects of it. And it wasn't until our show was stopped that I, I sat in my apartment like, oh my God, people have literally been doing nothing since March and I'm barely feeling it in December. Right. You know, it was... It was just a big like eye-opening moment for me that I was like, wow, like this is insane. How are people doing? How are they surviving? How are they doing mentally, emotionally, you know? Yeah, it's a lot. It's like a, a, a vacation that I didn't know I was going to get and that I didn't know I needed because when you love what you do, you're like, I don't want to take time off. Like I'm chilling. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm loving interviewing X, Y, Z. But in a way, it's like the universe always works. It does. It does. Totally. Oh, Gracia, thank you so much for being here today. I have loved, I have absolutely loved chatting with you and just connecting again. And honestly, it brings me back to like how um, motivated you made me feel when we were interns and I have the motivation feeling again. So thank you so much guys. If you want to connect with if you want to connect with Gracia, um, I'll have her Instagram linked in the episode card. I'm sure if you have any questions for her, you can shoot her a DM or a message. And yeah, Gracia, any any final words? No, I mean, for anybody listening, just follow your dreams. Honestly, I know it's, it's not going to happen overnight, but just continue working towards your end goal and your happiness is the end of the day. What's important, your happiness. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.